Well, everybody's going to start somewhere, somehow. We're talking the best introductory metal albums. Welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. And today we are talking starter albums. Metal Primer. There we go. The shit that, you know, either maybe we started on or think someone that's just getting into metal might want to try to start on. Right. That kind of shit. Right. I guess I've I've noticed uh, when I try to share this podcast with some people, maybe they're not really into metal uh, maybe they don't know it too well, so mm-hmm. it gets a little bit hard for them to get into it because we're talking about shit that they don't know what we're talking about. Right. And mm-hmm. we get into the weeds a few times. Like, you know, the average person doesn't know who Uli Roth is right. or Gary Moore. Or right. <laughs> That's true. Or yeah. even um, Graham Bonnet. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes that we talk about a lot, and... A lot, most don't. people most people don't know who fucking Ingve is. Yeah, most people really don't. Yeah. So it's like like I said, the first time I had heard of him is in a I saw him at a guitar magazine. I was like, Yeah, who's Ingui? Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of shit. Exactly. Like who's that fucking guy? Yeah. Um, I think eventually he'll be more famous in memes and stuff. He's yeah. gonna go that Danzig route, I think. Where, yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, man, um, you know, when I first uh like when I was young, I would always try to get my girlfriends into metal, you yeah. know, because it just made more sense for us to both like the same thing. Makes it you know? easier. Yeah. But, um, and it worked at, at first. And then it, for a while, it was like so unpopular that it wasn't even worth trying. Huh. So I just pretty much gave up. Yeah. But now again, Lonnie, I got Lonnie liking metal. So yeah. it worked out this time. It's and, not, and that did have a little bit of uh, of impact on what I put on my yeah. list. I've had varying degrees of success with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Not everybody, not everybody digs it, yeah. and I'm I'm over that point where I try to force it on my wife or anything like right, that. Right, right, like right. it's 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 obvious at this point it's not going to take. Is it going to happen? Yeah, it's not going to happen. So I need to respect the fact that she's never going to really like my my music. There's there something she's into I'm never going to like, and we just fucking deal with it. Yeah. Uh, because you got to learn to compromise in a marriage. There you go. Um, but for people that maybe they're 
they've heard a couple songs here or there and they're a little interested i feel like our last several episodes um mm-hmm. have been actually really like beginner friendly right like so that's why i came up with this idea too because i was like well it's pretty easy to say hey this is a badass guitar solo and right. then fucking play it right oh this is a badass riff and then play it right. you know like it makes it easily digestible because someone sure. that maybe they they don't know who some of these guys are but right. if you say this is sick listen to right. it they can listen to it and be like oh this is pretty sick right because and it's then, instant it's like because nowadays if it's more than two clicks away people don't they're yeah. not get there and then you know? maybe that inspires them if they haven't really listened to that shit to look it up a little bit more right um speaking of that stuff uh i did have a couple things i wanted to drop real quick um i definitely it's like one of those things anytime you do like oh our favorite shit something always ends up getting left off like oh yeah remember it later yeah so i wanted to mention the riff for uh black knight or right you know deep purple because that's right up there with recognition and guitar riffs at that it's not quite smoke on the water right and maybe if you hear it you might not immediately know it's deep purple right but i don't think most people know smoke on the water is deep purple i not think they really. just know the, they just the riff. that dun, dun, dun yeah. song <laughs> but you know if you put the you know and they've probably heard that yeah um and then I also wanted to give a little bit of love for the. Uh, I already I already talked about the solo in Am I Evil, but I wanted to give the the fucking riff is also sick. That whole song is badass. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's That's nothing sure. not cool about that song. That's for sure. So, yep. Also, so it today happens to be the anniversary of Bruce joining Maiden. Yeah. Which was epic. Yeah. Epic. Uh, Change, you the know, former Bruce Bruce of the Samson. former Bruce Bruce of Samson. Yep, and uh, and now the fucking Renaissance man of all fucking Renaissance men, I guess. Fucking yeah. does everything. Yeah, he flies the plane. Yeah, and <laughs> fucking cut you down with a sword and fucking all kinds of other but shit. Then write a song about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so it'll be eight minutes long for sure. So basically. It feels like it just got back from the concert, basically, because I'm yeah. 50 fucking years old, and that's how it feels now. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, it was badass, dude. Like, it, like, I really, you know, a lot of t- a lot of times I've heard people say, "Oh yeah, the fucking the Stones were better than they've ever been," you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And and in my mind, I'm just thinking, what kind of ridiculous like bullshit is that? That you can't know? be humanly possible. Exactly. There's no way the Stones are better now than when they were in their 20s. Right. But fucking Maiden was pretty sick, dude. They yeah. were they were pretty fucking they were pr- pretty badass, mm-hmm. like firing on all cylinders, and everybody seems like they still have it. You know, um, the <clears throat> Raven Age opened, which I guess one of the guitarists is. Steve's son or mm-hmm. nephew or something <clears throat> like that and they were very like they're very professional mm-hmm. they sounded really good their sound was really good like my like my boy JC said they're like uh, hot topic metal or whatever yeah. you know okay but they were pretty good you know um, I'm not gonna run out and get their record or anything but you they were alright and then after <laughs> them yeah and then after them was Fozzie Right? Oh, I forgot that Fozzie was also yeah, opening. Only for this show. 
Yeah. I, I, they, you know, and uh, Chris Jericho had run his mouth earlier about how, yeah, they were going to give Maiden a run for their money mm-hmm. and all this shit and whatever. And, you know, everybody laughed it off. But when they, when they took the stage, it was like he felt that, you know, yeah. and he fucking went for it and just missed everything, you know. <laughs> and really it was like he seemed to be like really shocked that he couldn't get like these, whatever it was, yeah. 50, 60,000 people going or whatever. And it was just like they didn't know the songs. You know, it's like yeah. it doesn't really matter how how much energy you have or whatever. They just don't know the songs, so yeah. it's not like you know. So they they played "Dirty Deeds," mm-hmm. and the crowd got kind of into it. But by that time, maybe they should have played that first. Yeah, <laughs> or something Pop and, and first. try to get yeah. But by that time, it was just like whatever, and he just looked so defeated at the end. It was just like fuck, man. Oh, you know, well. that's the thing with Fozzie. I don't particularly like Fozzie. Um, I'm. It's. I wish I did. I like Chris Jericho because, as a character. Well, because Chris Jericho is one of my all-time favorite pro wrestlers. Okay, so like, there you go. Hands down, he's probably in my top five. Right. Like, if we're gonna start talking about that shit, he's like right, right there under like guys like Shawn Michaels and mm. Randy Savage for me. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I've I've never liked his band, and the problem with it is, is when he first started like really taking Fozzie seriously because mm-hmm. it was just his like little fun thing he did with his friends that like they were a cover band right you know they just played 80s metal and right. like, the, the band was originally Fozzie Osbourne and yeah they had to like shorten it to Fozzie right 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 um but I remember the first time they, they played on like Monday Night Raw and at the time Chris was a heel and it seemed like they were supposed to suck. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things. Like the heel comes out with his band and sings, and you're supposed to be like, "Boo, you're not yeah, any good." Right. But I think he was actually trying. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like a purposely that's bad. And the thing that I I told my brother at the time is Chris Jericho is the only person I've ever seen whose talking voice is exactly the same as his singing voice. Right. Like, He's clearly singing, but he somehow doesn't sound different. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. fucking distracting. But, so that was my initial view of Fozzie. Right. And then they just, it's just kind of like butt rock metal stuff. It's just mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. You know, for all the influences he has, it's very yeah. mundane. It's like, you know, for a guy that's a legitimate star in other fields, right? to be fronting a band that's just like, Sounds like that band you completely forget about yeah. that opens. Like when I saw uh, Rob Zombie, and the first opening band was a band called Sinistar. Okay. And they're just generic that era metal. Right. Like that early 2000s metal. It wasn't new metal quite. Right. But it was just nothing memorable about it. You don't know any of the songs. Yeah. So, and the thing is though, even if you don't know the songs, Sometimes you can pass that. Like when I first saw um, uh, Valiant Thor opening mm-hmm. for Motorhead, mm-hmm. they're fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Like I had never heard of them before, but I trusted if they're opening for Motorhead, they're gonna be cool. Right. And this dude got on and he was fucking killing it. The whole band had energy and like the songs were catchy enough 
that you can by the time the chorus is coming around again you kind of know what the song is right so by the end of it me and my brother like bought a couple of their cds oh shit type okay, of there thing. you go and yeah. like talk to the guy real quick because he's right. like selling his cds off to the side at you know uh at the house of blues it's like dude that was a fucking killer kick-ass set let's mm-hmm. buy your cds he's like fuck yeah yeah but Hell he was yeah. like feeling it he was like they had like a breakdown thing where uh you know it's kind of most like bass and drums right and the singer um jumped off stage and like got in the middle of the fucking pit right and it was like getting low and getting like everybody to like bounce low with them and yeah. shit and yeah. then fucking climbs back onto the stage when the guitars are soaring again and stuff like that right. so it had like a very rock star moment and i'm okay. like I'm like, okay, this guy's a fucking rock star. Even if he's not ever going to be rich. Right. He's got that fucking he's presentation. Got that thing. Yeah. That's so. cool. So another thing that I decided is that that's it for the for the general admission pit seats for me, <laughs> man. Um, basically, it's like, you know, at some place like around here, Brick by Brick or Ramona or whatever... Then I'll try really hard to get to the front, you know, where, like, nobody's in front of me, you know, because I'm short. And I like to see a, a guitar player, like, yeah. right there where you're at, you know. That's awesome. And I can, you know, watch his fingers and all that. So, yeah, I'm still going to do that. But in a big crowd, it doesn't really matter. If I'm 30 yards away, does it really matter if I'm 50 yards away? Yeah. And if I'm 50 yards away, does it really matter if I'm 100 yards away? Yeah. By that time, I'm looking at the screen and looking at little guys on you know on the stage anyway, you know. So if all of that's the same, then I'd rather have a chair. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing too is is other than my uh, the older I get and the more passionate I feel about sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, is you know maybe when I was twenty, being front row. Yeah. For Iron Maiden. Yeah. At a big show like that will be like oh my fucking god right now it's like there's something about being just far enough back that you can fucking see like the crowd like Mm -hmm. the sea of people Mm -hmm. that like i don't want to be all the way in the back right but like when you're about middle somewhere you get to see like this sea of people in front of you and then behind you so it's like this i feel like you absorb right the moment more like right like uh, when we saw uh, Sabbath at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. there was like, it's one of those things of the way the bowl is set up. It's there's so many fucking people there. You're like, this is yeah. holy shit. It's a lot of people, yeah, you know? in in that small space. Yeah, yeah, man. Like you know, I mean, we had we had the pits, and the pits just kept on springing up, like wherever we were. It yeah. seemed like yeah. And then one guy, I thought of you because. You're gonna be getting like a like a hip surgery or whatever. Yeah. Some fool like just from behind us. Cause mm-hmm. see the thing is, you're like paying attention to the pit in front of you. Yeah. You're not really you can't pay attention to everything. Yeah. This fool just comes running, runs into Lonnie, takes me like basically takes my left leg oh. out. You know, and and I stood but barely. You know, and I was just like, damn, dude, that would have like you know that could have dislocated my hip for real. I ain't even yeah. bullshitting. But. Whatever, so anyway, it's just like, yeah, man, probably not going to do that again. Yeah, I, that's, I commend you 
for not knocking him out on the spot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, it'd be tough for me to not swing at a guy that just ran full blast into my yeah, it's Yeah, man. It, <laughs> it, well, he was gone. He he, he ah. kept on going. You oh, know? okay. Like, well, it, you just, at that point, like, well, yeah. And it, and it, it you, was, you can knock a guy out if he stands still for you. And there was constant <laughs> things like that. There was constant things like that happening. Yeah. It was, it was, it was. Like, this was a bit more chaotic yeah, than it I was, wanted it was. It was insane. And I really couldn't, like, I couldn't get, I couldn't wrap my head around it. People paid, like, it was at least 165 bucks. That's mm-hmm. if you got it the first day on, you know, to, to get on the floor. So, and some people I know paid a lot more than that. And, like, you don't want to watch the fucking show, really? Like, you, yeah. you got to fucking, you could do this, like, anywhere. Yeah. You know? But anyway, all right. I did hear it was a pretty sick show. Oh, it was badass. Yeah, my ex it went with her, with her boyfriend and a friend and all that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, they started with Aces High, and that's yeah. my boyfriend's slash fiance's favorite maiden song. Yeah. And I said, I told her, you know, uh... I was a little bummed I didn't get to go, but I tempered it with the fact that they weren't going to be doing really any of the Paul shit. Right. Despite the fact that I don't even like how Paul, Bruce sings the Paul shit anyway. Right. But, yeah. you know, it's it's weird when you see a set where Iron Maiden doesn't sing Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, I've seen Motorhead not sing Motorhead, so fuck it. Right. At least Black Sabbath always sung Black Sabbath. Did they not do Iron Maiden? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't. Re- I can't remember. Like I don't. I don't remember specifically set lists or whatever. Like I remember being uh, in survival mode for most of it. Right. But yeah. I mean. Yeah, they don't. It's funny because I know Iron Man doesn't strike me as like a big mosh pit man. But yeah, they're not. They never were. But I think it was just. Uh, the you know the crowd was. Uh, Feeling it and yeah. and drunk and all that, you know. Yeah. So you know, you know. Yeah, was, to me, they're always the everybody headbangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pits are for jumping. Like, they, yeah. they in Europe, they, but yeah. Pits are for thrash and shit. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? And they weren't pit. They were they were like just pitting. It seemed like on just the most popular songs. Mm. They pitted on Revelations. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't whatever. Know. Yeah, I don't know what the what the. Anyway. You know, you, you can't figure it out anymore. It's like, that's weird that a pit broke out in the middle of Remember of Tomorrow. That's yeah. valid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. All right. All so right. let's get to our actual point of this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's get to our, let's get started on our newbie albums. I feel like there's probably going to be some crossover. There has to be. In a lot of this. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to do it in any particular order. I'm doing mine chronologically. Whatever uh, happened first, I'm doing that first. I fucked that up already. It just did my list one way or the other. I'm not going <laughs> to worry about chronological nope. shit anymore. But <laughs> since we're since we're going the beginner route, because I, I was looking, I'm like, okay, are there's the, the more deep dive albums that you want to give someone, or do you want to give someone the more popular, more accessible one? Mm-hmm. So I kind of did a little bit of a mix. Okay. Um, but I figured the... One of the since we're talking about Maiden, I mean, this the most obvious pick of all obvious picks is fucking Number of the Beast. Okay. I left alone. My mind was blank. I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind. 
kind of you know that's that's iron maiden you know 101 right. right there you give that to someone they're gonna know what iron maiden's all about right off of that one record every other record after that was based off of that right um so i figured that was my super gimme one i'd throw out there okay so for people that maybe if they've never listened to iron maiden before somehow okay you're gonna want to check that out if you're first building a metal collection right well since we're on maiden i'll stick with that too and uh basically i actually had this happen the other day because um you know with the maiden show and everything people like la was all about iron maiden like everywhere you went in la you've seen iron maiden shit and i guess it trickled down to down here a little bit and people were talking about iron maiden down here and Richie was texting me back and forth and he's a drummer right and so you know he was hearing about Nico this Nico that everybody talking about Nico and I'm like yeah man he's fucking badass you should check him out you know and so he's like well what do you suggest and so basically that what that came down to is exactly what we're talking about here and it was between peace of mind and power slave yeah and so I decided that I would ha- break the tie with how many songs from each album are they playing now, right? Mm-hmm. And Peace of Mind won. Okay. So for my Iron Maiden pick, I'm going Peace of Mind. It's a complete Iron Maiden album with the the newest form of the band, yeah. besides Janik, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and it's badass from beginning to end, so, you know... important in the metal because in the world of metal because it like any prog metal 
probably came from Iron Maiden. Yeah. You know, so it was like the birth of a genre, even though they're not really prog. Yeah. It it was what made it start heading that way. So it's well, important yeah. in that sense. It was more it was more prog than other metal. Bands. Exactly. It's kind of like how um, Rainbow wasn't quite metal, mm -hmm. but it was more metal than a lot of other bands in that time period. Right. Um, like how I said before, Rising was kind of like the proto-power metal yep. album. So you kind of have, you can see the influence of genres in that. Exactly. So... That's, exactly. You know, that's a pretty pretty solid one there. Which um, leads me to our next one, which for me is 1976, Rainbow Rising. There you go. Because, like you said, it is like a blueprint for what would come later, you know? And it had Dio, which, which is the most metal thing that you can have. Yeah. <laughs> like the mascot for heavy metal pretty much I mean, you know yeah you know when you invent the horns exactly <laughs> yeah you kind of you might be that guy you kind of get that you know which uh yeah i mean that's it's funny because i uh i ended up not putting rainbow on my list i, I mean obviously it would have been rising if i put right. a rainbow album right but uh you know, throw everybody for a loop. It's like, nah, difficult to cure. <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. Before I go, before we go for uh, Iron Maiden as an honorable mention, Live After Death mm -hmm. would be another thing that I would be like, okay, this yeah. is, has like basically all the songs from the first four albums oh, on yeah. it. You know, so this is badass. That's the thing I like about um, live albums from that era. It's like, um, you don't get, nowadays you don't seem to get as many live albums anymore in general. Right. But during that time period, you you know, usually like a best of album is reserved for like when someone's at the end of their career. Mm -hmm. But a live one, it's like a stealth best of. Right. 
because they're playing all of their shit that people want to hear. Right. On that, you're not gonna. I mean, on the the flip side, you're probably not gonna get like a deep cut mm -hmm. usually on any of those. Right. But. But that's good for primer. Yeah, but yeah. they know around those time periods that's what people want to hear. Right. That's how, like, you know, with uh, with Priest when they did Unleashed in the East, it's like the best of all those. Mm -hmm. those records up until uh yep and how we're playing them right now yeah yeah and then when they you know then they had made in live in the 80s which was the best of right the shit up until uh turbo right um right 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 which they didn't have that it's kind of funny because they were still playing a lot of those other songs but they they did the kiss thing mm -hmm. where they didn't want repeat tracks on it so right. all the shit that was on unleashed in the east wasn't going to be on uh right on uh live. Priest live. Yeah. yeah it was all the shit from british steel to turbo right uh, there's a lot of turbo on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is kind of a bummer that's how that goes yeah but uh there this is when they're touring for that right you know, his, makes he makes it, makes it abundantly clear. He opens with a song from Turbo. Yeah. When he talks about, oh, this is the title track of our latest record. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah, they're feeling it at that point. Yeah. So, uh, I got to get another one of my picks in here. So, this one's not quite metal. Um, but it's easily one of the most impart, important hard rock albums of all time, at the very least, uh, fucking Van Halen 1. As sick as almost all of the Roth era stuff is, aside from Diver Down, and there's some shit on 1984 I'm not mm -hmm. crazy about, you almost don't need anything after Van Halen 1, in a way. It's... It as, is a whole picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Van Halen 2, still great. Yeah. But it's not as good. Right. And the reason why it's not as good is because... They didn't really write any new songs for Van Halen 2. Van Halen 1 was when they cultivated all their best shit right. that they've been playing for a few years now. Right. And recorded it. Yeah. In a, in a studio album, Van Halen 2 comes out. It's all the best shit that they didn't put on, on Van Halen album. 1. I'm right. sure they, they had to have written a couple tracks. Right. But it's not quite as good. And it kind of, it tries to hit like the same... Some of the some of the same vibes, you know. You have like on Van Halen, Van Halen one. You have you know eruption on Van mm -hmm. Halen two. You have Spanish Fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on Van Halen one. You have it's like it's funny because I'm like, no, it's not Pretty Woman, <laughs> girl. Uh, you really got me. Yeah. Yeah. You really got me. 
Van Halen 2, you have You're No Good. Right. So they have, like, here's here's the instrumental solo. Right. Here's, here's the, the cover. Co- here's the cover. Yeah. Here's this and this and this. Right. And yeah. Then, and then after that, yeah, no, they're all cool. Right. But Van Halen 1, I mean, it's still their best, I think it's their best-selling album. Right. Uh, I mean, they went, you know, they went Diamond. There's a reason why it's Diamond fucking Dave. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then just like anything else, it's like uh, it's like you're chasing the dragon of that first rush, yeah. you know. And yeah, that's that's on my list too. Van Halen one, 1978, because also it also created like a genre. The whole L.A. thing, oh, glam yeah. thing. I mean, you know, even though they weren't really glam, but they just the whole Sunset Strip thing came from them. Oh yeah, no, you know? they took. When you look at bands like Poison, they took Van Halen and then kind of perverted it. In right, way. tweaked it into making whatever. You know, yeah, I mean, I've I've since softened on glam metal and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it has its place. I don't mm-hmm. think it should be shunned the way that other metalheads tend to be like, oh, right. this bastardization. It's like now they. They took what Van Halen was doing and took it in one way. Right. You know. Right. Nobody really quite did what Van Halen did. Right. It was not a not a sound, a, just a vibe that was ever replicated by Mm-mm. any other band. Mm-mm. They're kind of their own thing. They're like the ultimate party band exactly. of all party bands. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, and And guitar changed that day. You know, yeah. hard rock and heavy metal guitar changed that day. There's, there's before Eddie and then there's after Eddie. Yeah. You know, and just, just like Hendrix and mm-hmm. you know Ingve probably after you know changed that shit again. But there's no Ingve on my list. <laughs> um, he just you know, I mean, oh, and another thing about Van Halen is that Van Halen is a softer intro. To metal, yeah. like you could, you could introduce somebody to Van Halen who doesn't necessarily never thought they would like metal. They're like, oh hey, I kind of like this. Yeah, you, you know, can dance to yeah, it. Yeah, dance the night away. You know, okay, what's next? Yeah, it gets heavier, and then you and give them raining blood. And yeah, like, surprise, there you go. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're in the pit now. Exactly. Okay, um, I've got some honorable mentions basically mm-hmm. because or you know I don't know and and I'm just gonna put them together because um, Blizzard of Oz and Holy Diver uh-huh. are like the next step of something that needed to go on yeah. you know because you know with that with like when Ozzy left and then and then uh, Dio joined or whatever that could have been two great bands which as it turned out it was yeah or no good bands left, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so luckily it turned out to be, you know, Ozzy. And then when Dio left Sabbath, it still turned out to be Dio. Yeah. And carried the, the metal, like, further. Yeah. You know, which was necessary. Which, is, it was especially necessary because, you know, as much as I love, you know, Born Again and then the Tony Martin era mm-hmm. stuff, um... Sabbath was falling off in mm-hmm. popularity at that point. And they were like, the gra- they're the granddaddies of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So, 
sadly, I mean, Ozzy became the one that still was able to kind of run the flag, and then Dio. So you have the two guys that came out of mm-hmm. Sabbath, both kind of carrying the torch. Right. And it was it's like a relay. Right. You know, it's like, to me, it's like a relay race where, like, you know, they're carrying the torch, and then it's like, all right, here you go, and tag, you're at Iron Maiden. Right. You know, like, it's your turn to run with it. Exactly. And then Iron Maiden runs with it, and then yeah. it's like, all right, Metallica, you're right. the you're the big guys now. And then, right. Uh, Metallica's never really let go of that torch. Not really. <laughs> I don't think there's... They're still running. They're really... Uh, it's hard to think of, like, that next huge metal band after them it's like there's so no, many yeah no there's really not there's so many bands that are like almost there like Avenged Sevenfold for a little bit mm-hmm. in the early to mid 2000s seemed mm-hmm. like they're gonna be the next big thing <clears throat> and they were in the sense that metal as you know pop it was just a not there anymore Right, you know, metal bands, new metal bands, don't get as big, right, as previous ones did. No, I, I still think that one maybe could, but it would yeah. take something really special. Yeah, you know, which... I mean, I think the closest I almost put them on on the list, because, but it's hard to pick an album for it for like a good introductory. I think the closest thing would be like Ghost. Yeah, just maybe. because they're getting, they've gotten pretty big. They won a Grammy. Um, they're they're recognizable mm-hmm. because of their look. They're more. Their look is probably better than their actual musicianship. Yeah, but, and they have a hardcore following. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of you know I said this before like Ghost is like Kiss for Millennials, right? It's the same thing. It's yeah. the costumes and the show right. and the very basic song structure. Yeah. There's nothing overtly complex with Ghost. Right. So they're a very good beginner band, too. If you give someone a Ghost, like, I've heard people describe that as metal for people that don't like metal. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> it's funny because I read a thing where it said, uh, you know, a friend of mine told me to listen to this band and it's like, uh, and they described it as metal. For, for people that don't like metal, and now I'm just sitting here listening to Scooby-Doo chase music. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I really like them. I drug you to go see them, and it was a really fucking cool show. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So they, almost, they almost made my list, but eh, I just figure there's other things to talk about. Yeah. Um, speaking of Sabbath, obviously there's got to be some Sabbath on yours. Oh, fuck yeah. Right? And you could have gone anyway. I mean, like, any Sabbath album of the first eight would be a great pick. Yeah. But, so which way did you go? Uh, I went the ultimate cheat route. I went with our, we sold our souls for rock and roll. That's my honorable mention for <laughs> Sabbath. Because that's basically the set list right yeah, there. Yeah, it's like, hey, I hope you like these songs. Because, uh... <laughs> You'll be hearing them. You're not going to hear any <laughs> other ones, yeah. uh, for the most part. Um, no, because I, I went with that because that's that's what got me into Sabbath. There you go. You know, I, of course, later I sat down and I listened to all the fucking records. Um, so, you know, what I would do if I want to introduce someone to, to metal, mm. that might be the first thing I fucking get. That probably would be. I'm like, here, listen to this. Yeah. 
tell me what you think. Right. If you and don't then, like it, and then, then when they're like, oh, you. I really dig it, then it's like, okay, it's on. Here's paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Here's volume four. Right. Here's this like. Now listen, you're gonna have that attachment because yeah. you're gonna like the tracks on here. Right. You know, so you're gonna like with especially Paranoid, there's several on that compilation. So you're gonna know some of these songs already and then you're gonna listen to that and you're like, Oh, here's a diff a new song for right. me. So exactly. it's like it's you get that that sprinkling because I think I wanna say we sold our souls for rock and roll came out right after volume four or so. I'm I, not sure on that. I don't think it has anything past that on there. Right. I don't think that it has sounds right. I don't think it has uh South Blood a Sabbath or anything. It might. Right. It's been a while since I've checked that track list. Yeah. But that was a cheat for me. Yeah. Because it's like, fuck it, I'm gonna give their unsanctioned greatest hits right record. <laughs> and you know what? And I was gonna I was gonna pick that, but I had a feeling you were gonna pick it. Yeah, I've talked about it enough. Yeah. So I went paranoid. And it was between the first album and Paranoid. And Paranoid has one more song in the current set list than the first album. So I went Paranoid. to me because my real first introduction to Black Sabbath was Ozzy Speak of the Devil so yeah. th I, this came even more second hand but I think Paranoid if I had heard it first that would have been the album that got me because Paranoid the song was the song that got me Yeah. So I, I mean let's be honest Paranoid is damn near if you look at their set list it's damn near their greatest hits Yeah. because that's the majority a lot of the fucking hits are called from that. Right. Um, just looked at the, the track listing for We Sold Our Souls for Rock Roll. So it must have come out right around little, not too long after um, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Because Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is on it. Okay, there you go. Um, so, I guess this came out in... Oh, it came out in 75, actually. Something right. Like, okay. And the band didn't even get paid off that. Yeah, no shit, huh? Ain't that a bitch. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch. But uh, that's the old music business for you. Speaking of that, I did put Blizzard of Oz as one of my, my picks also. Okay. Because fucking duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... If you're going to pick one fucking Ozzy record... That's it, the one. It, that's the one. I yeah. mean, there's some... There's some cool shit on Diary of a Madman mm -hmm. and Bark at the Moon, but... Yeah, he's never. It's the best. The first solo record he did is the best thing he did. Yeah, and it's gonna have the hit. Yeah, on it. and that yeah. was one of those things. I almost fucking went cheap on that too because my first Aussie CD was the Osman Cometh. Right, and then that's what led me to want to get Blizzard later. Right, because it had you know crazy training and shit on it. Yeah, so then I got Blizzard. I'm like, oh, there's some 
badass songs that really made me fall in love more with Randy Rhodes. Hell yeah. So. Same true of Dio with Holy Diver, first album, best album. I think when you get guys like that, I mean, especially with Dio, I mean, he's had, like, I mean, subsequent albums were pretty cool. Mm. You don't quite match it, but when, when you're a project like Dio or like Blizzard and stuff like that, when it's calling... A bunch of different dudes because mm-hmm. you're basically putting trying to put together a super group mm-hmm. you know it, whether or not they're known or not mm-hmm. there's a different vibe than when it's like the first album of like a band that's been fucking playing together for years right they've been playing the clubs they've been playing the road they're like for sure grinding it out and now they got their break and they're fucking hungry right these are all guys that are established and right. now they get their pick of who they want right and so you have to create like that magic yeah. moment. And what happens is you get kind of, you know, lightning in a jar sometimes. Yeah. Where you get the right creative mix of people at the right moment. Yeah. And everybody, because you're in the honeymoon phase right now. Right. You start jamming together and everything's fucking badass. Yeah. And everybody's writing and they're all giving it their all. Right. And they put out something awesome. Right. And I don't. I feel like you just don't quite get that yeah. again. Because by the time you're on the second album, you're like, this guy's kind of a dick. Yeah, because and they're that not. Fucking guy. They yeah. don't have. You don't have that attachment to them. Right. These guys are all people you hire. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you're the big name guy, mm-hmm. if you're Dio, you, you can say the band is Dio, but it's fucking named after you. Right. You know, you're the band. You're the guy that hires everybody. They're employees of you. Right. Exactly. So when. Vivian Campbell wants to get paid. Yeah. You're Sacred gone. heart happens. I, it's like, I can replace you. Yeah. I can get some other dude that treads. Yeah. You know, and when you start taking those pieces away, you don't quite, you never get that back. Right. So. That's true. And, you know, it's why the, uh, the Heaven and Hell lineup, as cool as Mob Rules is, to me, is not quite the same as Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something. There's just a little bit missing, but, right? 
that's my little rant on the differences between when you put together a band of guys that are all professional musicians in, for years. Right. Okay, my list ends in 1984 with two records. And I'll go with the first one, which is a little bit off the beaten track, and that's going to be uh, Love at First Sting, Scorpions. Okay. Because... Um, and first of all, I wanted to go with Worldwide Live because that's, you know, that's got everything on it. But if you're going to go with the legit studio album, that was the first one where the Scorpions sounded like they sound now. Uh-huh. You know, and the Scorpions have reinvented themselves several times already. It was the Uli Roth Scorpions, Michael Schenker Scorpions, yeah. now uh, Matthias, who I know his name is Matthias, but Whatever. I always call him Matthias because that's how we do it. But, um, that's that's got like you know coming home it's got rocky like a hurricane yeah. it's got the first ballads you know on it which to me i've never been like a a hard rock ballad guy mm-hmm. but the ones that i do like are usually by the scorpions yeah you know because they've still got like they still got riffs in them and still got solos in them you know um and i don't know uh they seem to have fallen off quite a bit. Like, nobody talks about the Scorpions anymore, yeah. it doesn't seem like. But at that time, they were huge. Yeah. You know, and I, I've seen the Scorpions a bunch of times. Everybody went. There was chicks. It was awesome. That There, you know. And Lonnie, the first band that she liked of the bands that I showed her was the Scorpions. it's funny because I dig the Scorpions I like I remember when I was in high school my uh, cousin's wife happened to have like an old a Scorpions concert t-shirt mm. she's like you like the Scorpions Mike I was like yeah sure she's like here you go and just gave it to me cause oh cool because she, she's like ah, I'm not gonna wear it anymore but it was like an older Scorpions concert tee it's from right. like the 80s yeah but um it was funny because they were kind of like you didn't think of them as an active band, right? At that point, like I remember them being kind of like my friends and laughing when, like, on an episode of The Simpsons, they go to the air show, mm-hmm. and like everyone's complaining how much air shows suck, mm-hmm. and then it's you know the this the 
you know, the planes take off and it's to rock you like a hurricane. So it's it's supposed to really drive home how like outdated going to see an right, air show is. Like right. when, you know, it's the nineties now and then like this the jets fly by. Right, right. So it was kind of like that's how people thought of the Scorpions. I'm like, but they're pretty sick. Oh yeah, man. They're fun, man. Yeah, and and if you go like really like hit for hit with other bands, usually the Scorpions will come out on top. Yeah, you know, because they've got a, they've got a gang, and they're like they're like perfect. They're like not a hair out of place. You yeah. know, everything's fucking perfectly in tune, perfectly on time. The next chord is the fucking chord it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's not no fucking <laughs> nothing fucking crazy. So in a sense, it's like kind of safe, but it's awesome, you know, and. Uh, and a lot of bands, like, I'm surprised that no band really took that Scorpions formula and ran with it, yeah. you know, because it's it's a winner. I think you could you could do good with that with yeah. that formula. Anyways, yeah, I'm a huge Scorpions fan. Yeah, of all the eras, actually, I like the Uli era, I like the Shaker era, and I like this one. All right, what I got left on here. I got somehow we got in this place where I have like three more albums left. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'll throw one out real quick. We've talked. God knows see, they've they've come up. They've come at the up at the beginning of this. Talked about them in the solos one. Uh, this is probably my little more out there in the weeds one as far as a metal for beginners. Um, but if someone's like maybe trying to get into various types of metal, um. Check out Diamond Head Lightning to the Nation. you can kind of feel like a metal hipster right it's gonna be accessible yeah. you know it's not like out there crazy it's just good riffs and good songs right and good singing and somehow familiar yeah yeah and you've probably heard <laughs> half of the fucking record via metallica covers yeah. at this point yeah but you know it's it's a good primer and i mean it's i've talked about it before it's one of the most influential metal albums mm -hmm. because you know this is the album that inspired Metallica, right? Um, you know, amongst other ones, but I, I get more out of Metallica's early sound more than anything I hear Diamond Head. Oh yeah, you know, um, 
that's people always said that you know Metallica is just smashing together Diamond Head and Motorhead. Yeah, um, yeah, D- uh, Diamond Head sound with a Motorhead like attitude. Yeah, basically, yeah. And so that's you can't go wrong with that one. Um, I'm gonna toss out another one and let you finish off then. Um, maybe you're gonna pick this one in a second. I don't know, but I'm sitting down and I'm like, you know. Uh, screaming for vengeance. There you go. <laughs> That's you know it would have been too easy to do British Steel. That was between it was between British Steel and uh, and Screaming for Vengeance for me. And as it turns out, on this next tour, the tour that they just started or whatever, uh-huh. they are not doing. It, they're only doing one song from Screaming for Vengeance, and it's Break These Chains, right? And they're okay. doing yeah, and they're doing a, a quite a few from uh, from um, point of entry and quite a few from British Steel, so they're kind of going back to the yeah. early eighties uh, time, and so that according to my tiebreaker rules would have made my pick British Steel, but I just said well, fuck said, the rules. Fuck it. I want to. I, I like screaming for vengeance. I like screaming for vengeance better. <laughs> Primer British Steel is really good because yeah. who's not gonna like Living After Midnight the first time to listen to it? Yeah. I, I would say pretty much even a little kid yeah. would be like, you know, yeah. it's basically like um, like Rock and Roll All Night from yeah. Judas Priest, you exactly, know? or Breaking the Law. Yeah, um, exactly, and which is also on there, so it's an obvious one. But Screaming for Vengeance to me is just like this is metal. It's a this is metal moment. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, that's it's, where I'm Well, at. it's what they did is they took what they, they were doing with British Steel and then turned it up another notch. Mm-hmm. Turned up the complexity of the compositions and the speed and the, yeah, and the sound and the power. It's just everything about their sound that they've been doing just fucking better. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, great, great album. And the first, I think, album that really took the dual lead thing to a new place yeah. because they're actually switching off solos you know back and forth and that that was new so that yeah hell yeah screaming for riches 
All right. Did you have anything else? Okay, my last one. All right. Is Ride the Lightning. And Ride the Lightning because, again, with the genre thing, you know, I mean, yeah, there was thrash or shit that was like thrash before and all that. And there might be other bands who legitimately say, hey, no, we did it fucking yeah. first or whatever. But the album that, I mean, the band that started it as a profitable genre that people were going to want to get into now was Metallica. Yeah, and to me, you know, the first album's great. It was a little bit; they probably weren't ready. Yeah, you know, at that point. And I think after going on tour and coming back to make the second album, they were ready. Yeah, you know, and um, and Ride the Lightning just fucking sick. Yeah. puppets was sick too you know mm -hmm. and it, that could have easily been uh been the thing so i went to my tiebreaker <laughs> and there is more songs from ride the lightning on the current and i also with metallica had to go to average set list yeah because well they, they mix it up a lot different this, set list. This tour. yeah so um on the average set list there's more songs from ride the lightning yeah so, but it, it could have gone either way on that one, and they're both great, and they're both a uh, great introduction to thrash metal. Yeah. You know? So, uh, this is my last pick here. This was my tie. I didn't really sit down and think of a tiebreaker for him, but uh, one half of my tie was Ride the Lightning. There you go. <laughs> because it's my favorite, fuck it, it's my favorite Metallica right. album. Uh, basically, I went like, like this. I was trying to the hardest to figure out how to break this tie and I can't because so it's a tie between Ride the Lightning and the fucking Black Album. Okay. Um, 
the Black Album. That's an easy tiebreaker for me. <laughs> it's an easy tiebreaker for you. Yeah. But the Black Album has it's their it's their best selling one. It has yeah. their biggest hit. Yeah. Their most well known song. Even my wife knows under Sandman. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, true. You know. Um, to the point she'll hum along with it if I do it karaoke or something. She right. doesn't particularly like the song. Right. But she knows it at this point. But I had to do it like this. The Black Album was the album that got me into Metallica. There you go. It's the first. Enter Sandman was the first metal song I can remember hearing. Okay. That was, I, I sure, I, I think I told the story on probably like our first episode where I was at a friend's house. They had MTV. I wasn't allowed to have MTV. Mm-hmm. And Enter Sandman comes on. The, the video pops up. And my friend's like, oh, Metallica. And it's like one of those things where I somehow had heard Mm. of Metallica before this. But it was like, I didn't know anybody that listened to it because, you know, I was 10. Right. (laughs) You know, actually, I was like nine going on 10 when the Black Album came out. So I didn't know anybody. But somehow I had absorbed the band name Metallica from somewhere. It might have been like because my uh, best friend Ben's older brother was really into metal mm-hmm. and he was like what he was significantly older than us right so he's like a teenager in the 80s right type of thing so he listened to shit like that uh so it might have been like i saw like a metallica sticker at right. his house type of thing right but um i was like oh that's what metallica is yeah and then i have my embarrassing moment where he's like oh yeah this is metallica I'm right like, oh, is it is it cooler than mc hammer right and he's like <laughs> what the fuck dude <laughs> catch this but then I saw the video and the video scared me a little bit because right. I was a child right but by the end I'm like, I'm like this is pretty fucking badass
but then I didn't get like super into metal. It was like when I was a teenager. After that, I went through my phase where like I just listened to like Queen and shit like that. And then when I started getting into alt rock in the '90s, and then right. when I rounded back around to like I started hanging out. You know, I started listening to metal a little bit more, and I started hanging out with the metalheads. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. I had to get the Black Album. Right. And that was like my thing that got me into Metallica. And then so Metallica was other than you know the, the Black Album other than We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll that's the thing that got me into metal mm-hmm. because before then I was still the metal I was listening to was like Sabbath and shit right then when I got Ride the Lightning that was the album I think that made me like completely fall in love with metal like right. I just I was fucking about that album just like play that shit like on a loop every day right and that's what got me like super into fucking thrash and there's it's funny because aside from one song there's no like weak you know there's no weak link and then they have that uh free will song on there that they wrote as a throwaway because the fucking label said they needed to write one more song for it so they just write this you know whack ass song that they still never played live right right like they didn't even like it they just yeah. shit it out real quick and it's like there we have a track list but right. everything else on there is so fucking good that, oh, yeah. that it overpowers it I, you know and like you said like puppets could be something you pick too but I just something about Ride the Lightning I like yeah. it more yeah. I, I can't put my finger on it you know it's when I was talking to a former comic in San Diego David Novin now just guy that posts on the internet David Novin uh, <laughs> um we got into a debate about whether Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning was better. Right. And he was all about Master of Puppets. Right. And I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, dude, Ride the Lightning, there's like no fucking weak tracks except for this one. And he's like, there's no fucking weak tracks on Master of Puppets. Right. And I was like, eh, I usually skip over the thing that should not be. Right. I don't like that one that much. Yeah, that's not one of my favorite songs you know? either. Which is funny because some people love that song. That's apparently James Hetfield's favorite yeah. song that he's written and his favorite to play. Yeah. So I don't so there get you it. Go. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, me neither. Yeah. One thing that tripped me the fuck out to the point that I had to like look again to make sure that it was right was that Peace of Mind came out in eighty three. Uh-huh. And Ride the Lightning came out in eighty four. Yeah. And I just thought like of Maiden as, you know So much before legends yeah you know and and metallica were like contemporaries you know yeah. to me i don't know why maybe it was maybe it's just the difference between being 16 and 17 you it know or be. whatever but well it just, i mean um number of the beast came out in what uh 82 83 82 i think at the end yeah. of 82 yeah so and then uh and I think that's it's funny because I think that's the same year that um, uh, Kill 'Em All came right. Out. So it's one of those things, though. But here's the thing: uh, Maiden already had a following, right, from England and shit like that. Right, Metallica didn't. Yeah, because Meta- Metallica were fans of Iron Maiden. Exactly. So it's so like that's why it trips me out. That it, it, that trips it was they're they're a lot. They're a lot younger. They're younger. That's what it. That might be what it is. You, you know, because they were kids when they first. You know, and yeah. and those early pictures. I mean, they looked like kids. Oh yeah. You know, Maiden 
in maiden pictures where they look like kids, those are black and white pictures. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. By the time maiden was like big in the states, like yeah. the, those are adult men. Yeah. They paid all their dues by yeah. that point. Yeah. They look about the same age as they do now. Like <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> they don't look that much older yeah. now. So you know that rock and roll lifestyle either yeah. kills it or keeps you young i guess yeah well i mean you know you see maiden now like i saw a video of the of this tour and you know it's nico and dave they go play golf you know and and the other one they're out doing touristy things and climbing yeah. pyramids and you know whatever whatever there's no there's no sex drugs rock and roll type of shit going on with them no more yeah they're, i mean you know which i mean you'd think that makes sense but then you see old fools that are still doing it. Yeah. So, you know. Well, when you're all married and 60. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, man. They got it. I don't know how old the dudes in Maiden are, but you start, like, looking at me like, they got to be. Yeah. If the dudes in Metallica are all in their 50s and shit. Yeah. Like, they got to, like, you don't think of it. Yeah. But, you know, Bruce, he's probably, he's got to be, like, 60 or so yeah. now. The thing about it is, you know, that, and you know what? I don't know if it's if it's because they're successful or if it's the reason that they're so successful, but Metallica and Maiden have not lost a step. Whereas other bands that are from the same era like Motley Crue or Rat or you know, are oh, just God. shit compared to oh, what these you know? That's Vince Neil is just a big fat. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, you know, um, I think sometimes that you do the sex, drugs, and rock and roll too much. There you go. You can't and do it for too he, long. Well, what it is is I look at Vince Neil and I look at a motherfucker that did not take care of himself. Yeah. Um, I look at the dudes in Metallica and they look like they take care of themselves. Yeah. Least. At least now. You know. You know, and and they did their dirt while they were young enough to handle it. Yeah, you know. they're young enough to survive it, right? You know, mostly. Yeah, and even and then, then it wasn't to therapy. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, Metallica for the most part, aside from when Kirk was like getting real alcoholicy, right? Again, and was just playing sloppy. Yeah, they played with that same energy. Yeah. that just about that they always had. Um, I'd say the main difference is um, they're less. Uh, prone to do a, like a jam mm -hmm. than they used to be mm -hmm. because when you have like when you listen to uh what could have made the list the live shit but it's it's not an album it's like a, it's a live album it's two live concerts but mm -hmm. when you see that they got like a fucking like 20 minute version of seek and destroy on that shit right you know right now they're like we could squeeze in four more hits that people want to hear yeah and we'll do that instead you know. Yeah, and they're not going to play like a three-hour show anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, I thought it was interesting because, you know, we got to close this out in a minute, but when I was like, oh, I don't know if you ever che checked out that uh, Beyond Magnetic oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. LP that they put out in between Death Magnetic. You know, Death Magnetic had been out for a couple years at that mm -hmm. point, and they're like, oh, let's just chuck out a couple of like the... Uh, the tracks that we didn't put on it right and you had mentioned that you thought james has gotten better at singing mm -hmm. uh over the years which is funny because overall the quality of his voice is degraded yeah yeah no but i i think he just like he's more effective with what yeah he, has. he tries to be 
he's good. He's more melodic now. It's just you know he, his voice just knows how to hit the notes, even though it's probably not as strong as yeah. as it was. But at first, it was just all strong and no notes. There's yeah. you know it was pretty much monotone and power. Yeah. You know, which was cool. You know, too. I mean, you know, like it was one of those things where I thought, oh, okay, for thrash, you don't really need a singer. Yeah, that that was the way I looked at it. You know, you it's it's going to be a different thing, you know. And then you know, a couple of them got singers, but most yeah. thrash bands, I would say, never yeah. went the sing song route. Yeah, then when you slow it down, you kind of need to sing more. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, James may have done that thing like um, Gene Simmons did, where Gene like low-key started becoming a pretty solid singer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know what yeah. alcohol and stuff and anything you put up your nose is bad for your voice man yeah so there you go all right well we got a little sidetrack but i think we got it we got I think it this is a good primer for uh i like all those picks yeah you know I would take all these albums with me to the desert island or whatever yeah. you know to the solitary confinement whatever it is I think if anybody gets, maybe someone that likes metal will pass this episode along to right. someone that's not that as familiar with it, and maybe they'll listen, and maybe we'll be entertaining enough and passionate enough that they'll, yeah, they might want to check out one or two of these. So and then maybe we'll get some more listeners. That would be always good. All right. So <laughs> until the next one, this is me, Big Frog, and me, Mike Castleberry, and we are out. You know he's clean Oh, don't you see